Massacre on Straight to the Core Podcast. What is going on, my friends? It is Matt Massacre here, and you are listening to Straight to the Core Podcast, and this is part three of our Death Metal Diaries, a 90s death metal retrospective miniseries, where our friends from Australia... Mr. Paul O'Brien and Stephen O'Brien of Eons Abyss take over the podcast and talk about some of the classic albums of the era, some classic death metal albums, and then we in turn give the floor to some modern underground death metal bands and rattle your eardrums for a bit and support the underground. Uh, it's been a great miniseries. I have had a blast putting these together and getting all the great feedback, and, and just, it, it's been it's been a treat. It's an absolute treat. And parts three and four are going to be a bit different. Um, Initially, and I kind of talked about this briefly in the end of last week's episode, part two. um, Initially, this miniseries was only supposed to be a two-part series. It wasn't supposed to be anything more than that. It was kind of just an idea that the guys in Eon's Abyss had. um, Rattled my brain a bit, see how I felt about it, and I was all about it. So it was only supposed to be a two-part series. And then the guys thought about it, and they're like, well, we have way more albums we could totally talk about. I mean, I even thought of more albums that they didn't even think of. And I said, well, if you guys got more to talk about, I want to be a part of it. Because I would love the opportunity to talk about death metal with, with other people. You know, in like in the flesh. like Not in the flesh, because they live 15 hours ahead of me, but <laughs> being that they're from Australia. But I mean, have the conversation in real time, is what I should have said. And uh, so, yeah, we jumped on it, and luckily we were able to align the time zones, uh, being that they are 15 hours ahead of me. It, 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 I mean, if you're not a night owl or an early morning person on either end of the planet, good luck uh, being able to, to navigate that, that fucking gap there. But luckily we were able to, and uh, parts three and four include yours truly directly in the conversation while these guys take over the podcast, which is really cool because this was their idea And I was all about it, and I know they had plans for it, and I'm just happy to be a part of it, you know. And happy to be able to release it and and have, you know, be a part of it in more ways than one, if you will. So these next two parts are going to be a bit shorter, being that I am a part of the conversation and not just saying what I feel about the albums that we were talking about after those guys take over the podcast. So it'll it'll be a bit shorter, but on the other side of that coin... We had two more bands pop out of the woodwork that want to be a part of the music section of this miniseries, and, uh, which is super awesome. So this week we have five bands instead of four. Last two parts we had four. This week we have five, and I'm super excited about that. And I really, I wanna, I'm going to rant for a second. I fucking hate Instagram and their stupid messenger rules because it's happened to me in the podcast before, and it happened to these two bands. Basically what happened is, happened is, and I don't know why Instagram does this. I really, really don't, and it bothers the fuck out of me. <laughs> it really does. Um, I guess it has a mind of its own, and it just puts certain messages in a request folder and doesn't fucking tell you about it. Because I've had people get a hold of me from either a personal account, a, a, a band account, an artist account, account. Uh, for people that want to be a part of the podcast or looking if I need any artwork done or, or whatever, you know, ABCD, a, you know, whatever you want to call it. And um, 
sometimes it'll go in my request folder and I don't see it. And then then eventually down the line, they send me another message and then it pops in my normal folder. And I'm like, how the fuck did I not see this the first time? And I feel terrible because I don't see these messages in this request folder. And yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole, I can go on a whole episode about that. (laughs) But that's basically what happened to the messages that I sent these two bands in question. We'll have one next week and one this week to kind of even it out. Uh, but yeah, the, the messages that I sent to them landed in their re- request folder, and it stayed there for three weeks because they didn't see it. And so I mean, I'm grateful that they saw it, so now they can be a part of the podcast, and I can rattle your eardrums to some more sweet, soothing sounds of death metal. And uh, yeah, so I had, I had to get that off my chest. Uh, but this week on part three of the Death Metal Diaries miniseries. We're kind of going down the rabbit hole a bit, and in my opinion, these three albums are a bit of the more underappreciated albums, the albums that are just as important as the first six we talked about, but may or may not have gotten as much, uh, I don't want to say success, because they're successful in their own right, but they didn't hear as many ears as they probably should have. And uh, one of which even stumped me. I never even heard of it until Stephen O'Brien sent me the link to check out the album. And the albums this week we're going to be talking about is Pestilence with their Testimony of the Ancients album. We got Massacre with From Beyond. And the one that stumped me is a band called Morgoth with their album Cursed. And all three of these albums came out in 91. Fucking love it because I mentioned, I don't know if it was last week or part one, how I couldn't, I think it was last week, on how I couldn't enjoy these albums when they came out because I was born in 91. But on the other side of the coin, I'm happy that I was born in a year that created so many iconic death metal albums. And this episode, or in this part of this miniseries, is no different with Pestilence, Massacre, and Morgoth. All three of these albums from these three amazing bands all came out in 91. So, gotta flex real quick on that one. (laughs) Um, But yeah. So those are the albums in question. And then the five underground death metal bands that we're going to feature this week some modern death metal bands a lot of which have adopted the old school sound um some of them have adopted it but made it their own so i'm really excited this week for these five bands first and foremost we have dehuman rain from berlin germany we're going to play their track repay your debt in blood and then after them we got deviant burial from miami florida with their track, I'm going to try to pronounce this. I tried pronouncing this three or four times before I even pressed record, and I couldn't fucking do it. So I'm going to try it. So Deviant Burial from Miami, Florida, with their track, Posthumous, Posthumous, Messiah Procreation. I probably fucking butchered that, but here we are. <laughs> and then next up, we got Masochist from Southern California with their track, Reverse Vision. And then we got Carnosis from Sweden with their track, An Illicit Practice. And then we got Writhing from Melbourne, Australia, with their track Void, or, yeah, with their track Void of Derision. 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 I can't fucking word good. I don't know what my deal is, but yeah. <laughs> we'll get more into those tracks, and I'll attempt it again to pronunciate words right uh, once we get through the takeover, if you will, of the podcast. And I think I've been rambling for about eight minutes now, give or take, I think. Um... But yeah, we'll get right into this conversation that I had with Mr. Stephen O'Brien and Paul O'Brien for part three of Death Metal Diaries. So let's take it away.
welcome back to part three of Eon's Abyss, talking about some classic old school death metal albums from the 90s. I'm Steve from Eon's Abyss. And I'm Paul from Eon's Abyss. Sorry, that was Paul's. jumped in. Yep. How are you? Very. <laughs> Very good, Paul. Yabby. And of course, we've taken over Matt Massacre's show once again, but just because we thought this time it'd be good to have someone else in the room, and we've got Matt Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? Thanks for uh, taking over taking over the podcast. <laughs> it's it's a true true honor to have you guys uh, doing this little mini series and stuff. It's really cool. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, we appreciate it, Matt. And something like obviously sometimes it's hard not to want to talk about some classic '90s death metal. Not that right. modern death metal is, you know, all that far behind. We've been listening to some killer stuff lately. Just keeps coming. It's it's unrelenting. Hmm. Yep. All right. So um, we might as well get into discussing the things that we said we were going to talk about, which is some classic '90s death metal albums. The first one I'll throw out to both of you guys is an album by a band called Pestilence. Some Dutch masters of death and their um, fantastic 1991 album, Testimony of the Ancients, which was recorded once again at Morris Sound Studios. Paul, I'll throw to you first. What do you think of this album? I love this album. <laughs> I love that band, but um, I think they're underrated um, in terms of where they sit in the, um, in the hierarchy of death metal bands, but they are a genius band. Very, very, well, melodic death metal, isn't it? I reckon, it Pestilence, mm-hmm. and especially this album. Um, had a lot of the stuff going on that was going on in that era in terms of a lot of segues, a lot of um, sort of little themes interrupting the actual songs, as all the, a lot of bands are doing at that time. And there's very much like Morbid Angels from Blessed of the Sick, were really considered and um, well-executed, Sort of little musical interludes, um, but this is a this is a fantastic album. I actually I probably prefer um, Consuming Impulse, their earlier one, but um, this is just it's different. It's very different, different vocalist, I think. Um, yes, and it's um, it's it's almost like program music. By what I mean, that their each of their songs is sort of creating a picture or something, and it does it so well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this album was obviously the first where uh, Martin Van Ruin left. Then he went off and did Ace Fix. Ace Fix, obviously, another killer band. And yes, I agree. Consuming Impulses is is awesome. Um, but we did say for this this series, we'd focus on nineties album. Yeah, 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 sure. And yeah. I think Consuming Impulses might have been an, uh, an earlier album. Yeah. It might have yeah. been a late eighties. I think it's eighty nine. I think that was. Yeah. 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 Look, I think um, you're right. Conceptual. This album was was quite conceptual, very melodic, like you said. But mm. also, there was a lot of jazz influences that came through. The technicality of the music mm. and the, the you know the, the solos and um, oh yeah, yeah, very 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 musical album. Um, Matt, what's your thoughts on this one? Um, I'll have to kind of piggyback on what Paul said. I mean, Pestilence as a band is probably one of the most underrated. Death, one of the most underrated old school death metal bands of all time. Um, you don't see them get brought up too often. And it's really hard to talk about them with, with my peers because this album, uh, The Testament of the Ancients, it's, it's as old as I am. 
I came out in 91. I was born in 91, you know? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's really hard to, to relate to this album to other people in my, in my age group because it's that, I mean, I'm as old as the album. Yeah. Um, but I had no idea it was a new vocalist. I had no idea. Yeah. The, 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 first. the style, the style sat, sounded the same. Like I didn't really pick up. It was a new vocalist for quite a while as well. Ah, right. Yep. Uh, the they do. Thing- they have distinct for distinctly different voices. Yes. They do. That's true. Yeah, yeah but no, true. no, you're right though. He's they've kept the sort of same. It sounds silly, doesn't it? It's a death metal album, death metal vocals, but the same sort of style of death metal. Um, which is another thing in this, I reckon, in um, in pestilence, but more so in some of the other European death metal bands that we'll talk about later, is you, you start to hear the European voice in death metal, and it's a distinct mm-hmm. voice. And especially mm-hmm. the Northern European voice, it, it's so well suited to death metal. The sort mm-hmm. of syllabic sound, it just, yeah, it's perfect. So, yeah. Um, but um, a very, it's, yeah, it's relentless, this album, from woe to go, isn't it? Um, yeah. And as I said, it hooks you all the time with just um, compelling riffs um, and tells a, a, a really cool story. Um What's the song? Um, sorry, you go talking while I actually try and remember right. what the, the um, <laughs> Obviously, the jazz fusion stuff that started to come through was more full-on realised in their, again, massively underrated album, Spheres, yeah. which is just prog, jazz, death metal at its mm-hmm. best. But the, um, the band was a pretty big deal back in the early 90s, and they were touring with the likes of... Uh, Death obituary, and there was a there was a a number of reviews where pestilence, according to the reviews, outplayed both death and obituary in in a live sense and were the star of the show. There was a quite a big buzz around them too. Like they managed to to get a pretty um, heavily rotated song on MTV as well. There was a video. I think it was the Land of Tears had a music video, which again got a yeah, lot of a lot of airplay did. on MTV. So they 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 were a, a, quite a big deal back in the day. And even out of the body to- from um, Consuming Impulse, that got a lot of airplay too on M- on yeah. um, certainly what on a, Rage what a over here. That, yeah, 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 absolutely. That, yeah, um, they're still. I think they've um, obviously COVID's messed things up, but they were doing. Like Obituary did with their um, classic albums, Slow Rot and Cause of Death, they were doing this album actually as a full set list. Yeah. Like they're doing the whole album just oh. recently, actually. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Mm, mm, absolutely. Yeah, Prophetic Any- Revelations, I was thinking of as a song. Oh, like yeah. That's just a classic uh, snapshot of what this album does in total, just how, you know, how evocative that is for a particular um a scene that they're doing and even the, the way the solo um matches that too and fits in with the, what the um what the rhythm's doing it's yeah it's genius all right um does anyone paul do you have any last words on this or this album before um, we move on? well we sort of i guess we're putting this out is to say here are some um so matt's point is is a good one that here are some albums that you might have heard of because they came out, they had their time before you were sort of listening, but this is certainly one. Mm-hmm. Well, 
that is definitely worth a listen. Um, and to, to, so I guess to hear the influence that's come through subsequently on a lot of melodic death metal, for sure. This is where it sort of starts, really, I think. Yeah. Matt, do you have any, any last words on Pestilence, t- Testimony of the Ancients? I, I'm just kind of blown away. I kind of did, I looked up this album as you guys were talking, and I didn't realize that it was the guitar player that took over on vocals for this album. I think you guys mentioned that, but I didn't catch the name. Mm. Um, and that kind of blows me away because the guitar work in this album is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's and the fact that it's thirty years old and it could keep up with today's modern death metal records is says a lot about the how far ahead of its time this album is. Well, I just I just can't wait for the next one as well. Oh yeah, that too. Mm. We'll move on to the next album, which is a band that has, and I've just learned this recently, Matt, has a connection with you in some way. (laughs) Yeah, Um, a little bit. We're talking about the album from 1991 by Massacre and their almost standalone classic, From Beyond, which again, surprise, surprise, uh, a Morris Sound recording. But the producer actually was Colin Richardson, I believe, for this one. Uh, who did the studio stuff? It was Scott Byrne, obviously, doing the engineering as well. So, from beyond, um, this, 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 I've actually written about this album on the Noob Heavy website as part of the Metal Redux series, mainly because the the music for this album actually pretty much came from the mid to late '80s. And it got sidetracked in terms of it being recorded as a project because uh, a number of the members got caught up with another little band called <laughs> Death. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I, yep. I guess this album, I mean, just in my own mind, I don't know the, um, the specifics of it, but it's got the reputation really of being, well, you know, there's that debate between Death's first release, Scream Bloody Gore, and this, and also... Um, Possessed seven churches, but um, yeah. as being you know obviously one of the first ever death metal um, constructions, I guess, and that's how it sounds. Yes, <laughs> it's just straight to, to again steal from Matt. It's straight to the core, <laughs> um, yeah. pure pure death metal, isn't it? Exactly as you'd expect death metal ought to be. Uh, no frills. But plenty of plenty of highlights, but just straight to it. And um, Cam Lee, again, with the reputation of having created the death metal vocal style, um, certainly uh, puts it out there in this album with no holds barred. He's not forward and coming back, Cam Lee. There's actually a really couple of really interesting interviews online, uh, written interviews online with him that were a bit controversial. But, uh, again, I've linked them up in that Noob Heavy website. They're worth a read. But you're right, um, he reckons he invented the death crowd, or he calls them vo-kills, V-O-K-I-L-L-S. But also, um, he also has claimed the that he was the first one that created the ma- the actual logo for death. Uh, so oh, Chuck's right. death. Okay. I didn't know that. Wow. Okay. So, Matt, yes. t- tell us about your uh, thoughts on this band and also how it became part of your, your uh, name. Well, 
Yeah. Uh, with this album, I discovered at a young age, I, uh, you know, my intro to metal is, of course, um, like the new metal era was kind of my gateway into the heavier things. And I discovered like more sound era death metal before I discovered anything else. And this is one of the albums, one of the hidden gems, if you will, that, again, doesn't get talked about as much as it should. Um, so I fell in love with this album, mostly for the artwork. I mean, a, a 12, 13-year-old kid seeing this yeah. demon get sucked into a vortex <laughs> is just astonishing, you know, for a 12-year-old to see. Um, so I've always loved this album. and um, But the name, Matt Massacre, that I go by. I, wasn't, I didn't make it. It was given to me um, in a previous venture that I was a part of. It was an internet radio show. and. Um, Somebody said, oh, Matt Massacre rolls off the tongue. And so I immediately thought of that album. Yeah. You know, cool. I didn't give myself the name, yeah. but when I got the name and somebody coined it for me, that's the first thing I thought of. I'm like, hey, that works out. I'm happy with it. It suits you too, <laughs> man. Suits you. Yeah. It does. Yeah. The, um, the Lovecraftian themes that came through on this, like, like uh, Yabby said, the, it, just, it was just beautiful for death metal. Like the, you know, the mm. whole, uh, like you said, demons getting sucked into vortexes. The other thing too the sound they had, which is quite still, it's quite unique. It was it was actually similar to what we did back in the day, like with our old school metal zone pedals, just a really sort of scooped mid tony, uh, which people obviously nowadays don't necessarily all, all like, but that, that sound they had too was just, it was pure 90s metal pedal guitar. It was, it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It almost created a live field in that for the album. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely a time stamped album. And I think um the other thing too is Rick Rolls on guitar, all those every single solo is just a series of ridiculous <laughs> dive bombs and whammy bar <laughs> yeah. uh, whammy bar uh, expertise <laughs> or some would say wankery. Yeah. The um the other thing I think that's funny I find it a little bit funny anyway about this album is uh the, they were famous for the song Corpse Grinder, which is obviously mm, necrophilia. Right. And admittedly, we had to do it as a cover too, because how could you not, really? That's right. <laughs> and that, that was a bit of a, you know, you know, coming, the word was, you know, people wanted to come and see this crazy band singing songs about having sex with a corpse. <laughs> but what hey, I love most that? is that, you know, George Fisher from Cannibal Corpse, mm -hmm. he's taken taken the name Corpse Grinder. And I, I just, I wonder how many people know straight up that that is a song from Massacre. And what it's, a, what it's about. Necrophilia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It, I think it's a funny little link. It is funny. It would have been an interesting discussion, wouldn't it, with he, you know, he goes to join Cannibal Corpse and they say, oh, look, George, you need a stage name, mate. George isn't really going to cut it. Oh, I think I'll go with Corpse Grinder. Oh, George, that's a bit much. Come on. And then, um, you know, oh, what are we going to play next? Oh, I don't know. I Come Blood. Yeah. So, so that sort of does work, doesn't it? It, it does work. Yeah, it, does it does work. But the, um, I'll, just, I'll just read some other albums out from – they claim that a lot of this music was written in 86. And obviously, it wasn't released to 91. But in 86, we had Metallica releasing, releasing Master of Puppets, Megadeth with Peace Cells, Possessed did Seven Gates, Slayer did Rain and Blood. So I just I always wonder if they happened to have released this back in eighty six, what would the whole death metal landscape look like? 
if you know, do you reckon it would have been picked up in '86? I don't reckon it would have. You don't reckon? Yeah, I reckon. It, I reckon that um, it got recorded because of you know bands like Death and stuff had created this scene that suddenly there was interest, and you can go a little bit back in time to how it all began. Yeah. That's what I reckon. Uh, on its own, I don't think it would have actually been picked up by um, by a um, by a label. Yeah, possibly. It was obviously very, like I said, it was very well known in that local scene. Mm. All right. Does anyone have any last words on this one before we move on to the next? Oh, it's fun to listen to, isn't it? It's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not a bad track on that album. Yeah, not, not a single bad track on that album. Yeah. The next one is uh, a band called Morgoth, German band, a release from 1991 called Cursed, which, again, is another album I've actually featured on the Metal Redux series on New Heavy. Um, Paul, you might remember we, we discovered this band by the song from the song Isolated, mm-hmm. which was a music video that featured on our once a week metal show, sorry, video music show that occasionally did a bit of metal called Rage. Yeah. And, you know, straight off the bat when we heard that, it was like it was death metal, but it was different. It, it was this, different. Um, fly, it obviously still had all the sort of hallmarks of a fl- Floridian death metal band, but also there was that blend of the European. Oh, the Swedish European comes genre. through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guitar tone especially is very different. It's got that. Um, European, oh no, I'm going to talk crap, but uh, the European starkness <laughs> to that t- to the guitar tone, I reckon just makes it, marks it different from American releases. And again, yeah. vocally, it's a fantastic album vocally. And the, oh um, God, yes. And yes. The, the German voice singing death metal, this is, this is where you hear it best. In this band, you know, it reminds me of, you know, other bands like Unleashed, that same sort of real, Teutonic, if not Viking, style of singing death metal. It's just, yeah, it's captivating. Um, and the I remember the video for that song was um it was the, of them playing live too, wasn't it? It just would have been awesome yeah. live because they just left it all out there on the stage. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, Matt, you uh, had a chance to have a listen to this one. I did. This is the one album that we're going to be talking about that I had no idea about. This is the yeah. one that that, that that was a sneaker. So I, I listened to it a couple times, and the Spotify version says it was released in 2013, so I'm like, this can't be a modern band. There's no way in hell this could be a modern band. So yeah. then as I, as I did more research, I figured out it's as old as I am, like the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this album, like, I don't know, back in the 91, I don't know... I know tape trading was a thing, but I don't know, like, the more sound things that were happening there versus what was, how it got to Germany. I mean, you, you could play this album and you can play it up next to, to any album that came out at the same time, kind of, we're talking about, and they fit beautifully. Mm. And I'm like, wow, you know, like, Germany to Florida, 91, there's no internet, make a phone call, I'm sure, but, like, you know, no email. I mean, there was email, but, you know... It's just crazy to me how 
the difference in, in, in not only culture, but um, how do I put it? Difference in, in areas on the map. <laughs> yeah. 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 The distance. There's the a geographic word. difference. Yeah. Distance. Yeah. yeah. And how, how you could play that album, play any, any track on that album next to anything coming out of Florida. And it'd be like, and we'd sort of seen that before though. Um, again, with the same geographic locations, you know, you got the thrash scene, you know, obviously right. big in San Francisco with all those iconic bands coming there. Um, and then, and New York, obviously, but then also, um, over in the Teutonic thrash bands. And again, you could put those albums next to each other and there are differences, but it's obviously identifiably the same genre. So. Um, it's, it's, it's always been the case where these influences will spread very quickly. And it's always very interesting to get a different take on a style like you get from European death metal versus American. Um, right. and hopefully Australians different as well. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's nice to have those little, little colorings of the actual style, um, bringing something unique to it. And this certainly does. Um, it's a, I reckon it's a lot um, of a slower album than a lot of the Florida death metal that was coming out, with the possible exception of Obituary. Um, it's almost got, in part, a bit of a Doom-type feel yeah. to it. I was going to say, yeah, it's very yeah, brooding. Yeah. More brooding than... Yeah, more brooding, yeah. Um, and there were yeah. certainly some big Doom bands out at that same time, but this sort of almost as a pre-Doom-type-y sound-type thing where you're getting that death doom starting to form. Crossover, right, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. The band have said that they deliberately wanted to slow down. Like, they could play fast, but they wanted to just slow down and concentrate on getting this really heavy sort of dark groove. Yeah. And, you know, definitely going into that doomy territory. And, you know, the song... um, Darkness, the closing track, where there's a spoken bit and it's a slightly different production to the other parts of the album. Again, it reminds me a little bit of God of Emptiness mm. <laughs> with Morbid Angel, but it's actually two years before okay. yeah, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. God of Emptiness as well. Yeah. The um the other thing that's interesting I, I found when I was doing some research on this band was the singer Mark uh, Brew, whose vocals are just oh fantastic, insane, yeah, insane. He they they grew up as a band. They grew up near a dark woods, and they were inspired by the the evil feeling of the dark woods. And obviously, you know, in Europe, there's there's many tales of what what goes on in the woods at night and all all, all that. But also, they they rehearsed in a uh, semi abandoned slaughterhouse. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> and they they said that the 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 screams of dying sheep or sheep being you know slaughtered was something that they were able to use to mimic in in the way that he sang ah oh, certainly you can tell that, can't you? yeah 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 i can so, see it you know, yeah they they obviously that would have been <laughs> pretty full on thing to hear so yeah but that that you know that real that voice oh, God, it comes through yeah absolutely Imagine explaining that back in the day. So, what? Uh, where do you get the idea for the vocals? Oh, murdered animals. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which would just happen to be, re- you know, this rehearsing. Be ballad, but then they just started yeah. slaughtering sheep, and this is what turned right. into. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I think is interesting about this band is what they did next. They sort of they they went into an industrial type mm. sound. It's still heavy. Like the, the album that came 
after this one. Was it Odium? Um, yeah, Odium. Yeah, Odium? yeah, yeah, yeah. Very different. Jeez, that, that's different, but geez, it's still very heavy and it's mm. got some fantastic groove. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great album, Odium. Yeah, not as good as this one, I don't think. No, I don't like it as much as this one, but it's still a good album. Very good album. I'm definitely going to delve a bit deeper into these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a totally different change in style that they went for. Um, like album to album or just transition between? From this to the, to Odium, and even vocally, okay. from memory, Steve, it changes a lot, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's almost, yeah, almost got a, like a new metal type feel to it. I reckon mm. they did. They did have a comeback in 2015 with a new vocalist, um, Carsten Jaeger, with a band with an album called Ungod, which was actually I really enjoyed it, but uh, it didn't actually get all that much airplay. But again, I think it was around the timing. I reckon that if they had have released it now, his metal's stronger than ever. It probably right. would have been more well received because it's a good album. Mm. But this is one of those hidden gems of the 90s that some people may not know, and I strongly recommend anyone that likes death metal. Exhibit A, uh, right here. It's the first yeah, time I ever yeah, heard yeah. about it. it was because of And this sort of, of um, yeah. it sort of replicates what we went through because, um, you know, 91. <laughs> sorry, Matt, we're old, but we just finished high school. <laughs> <laughs> so we are just moving out into the world, and, you, and it was interesting just to – because all of this, you know, there was the uh, death metal scene was just um, – was exploding at that time and you're getting a lot of access to a whole heap of different bands from all over and, you know, you'd almost discover a new band a week and so it was great to to hear these albums that were so well done um, but they were just popping up from everywhere. It was heady times. So that's um, episode three of some Death Metal Diaries, musings over old... Albums that influenced us and hopefully that you guys can rediscover in your own time if you're interested. But thanks for listening and um, we'll be back hopefully soon with the final instalment. Thanks, guys. Man, what a treat to be able to talk to those guys about some fucking old school death metal, some 90s death metal. And uh, Steve and Paul are great guys. Really happy that we were able to uh, to get that together and navigate the 15-hour uh, difference in time zones. So uh, more to come in part four next week, so make sure you stay tuned for that. And I know some of you are probably thinking, hey, how come Matt sounds like he's somewhat decent during the intro and he sounds like he's talking through a fucking toilet paper tube in that segment with Steve and Paul? I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> So with all of the studio equipment and the mic and all the, all the crap that I have to be able to record this podcast, it's all connected to my desktop. And with my desktop, I don't have a webcam. And we recorded those conversations via Zoom so we could talk to each other visually. And um, basically what we did is each of us recorded our audio tracks independently. And then we put them together so it's easier to edit uh everybody's voices differently because everybody's different everybody nobody really has the same voice obviously um so that's what we did we recorded three tracks independently i recorded a track steve recorded a track and paul recorded a track and then we put them together and that's how you got with the conversation and the reason why it sounds like i'm fucking talking through a toilet paper tube is because being that i don't have a webcam for my desktop and believe me i tried the last time i tried though was in the peak of the pandemic and I'm super fucking weird 
when it comes to me making certain purchases, and I don't know why I do this. I can never figure it out. I always punch myself in the mouth every time I do it. But when it comes to some purchases, I like to be able to hold like a demo model or the box or something in my hands to be able to evaluate what it is I'm about to purchase. So I was real, real hesitant to buy the first webcam I saw on like Amazon or the internet somewhere because if I'm going to be using this, every interview that we do here for the podcast, I put on YouTube as well. So I want it to look good. You know, I want it to look good if it's going to go on YouTube. And uh, so I went to the stores, went to Walmart and Target, everywhere I could think of that I knew had webcams. And on the other side of that coin, I wasn't thinking that this was in the peak of the pandemic here in the States. So everything was fucking shut down. Like everything was shut down. So families had to resort to video chat with their loved ones. Didn't realize that, didn't put two and two together, didn't think that, hey, maybe all the webcams are going to be sold the fuck out because everybody wants to talk to their family members, which is fine. So needless to say, <laughs> I couldn't find a webcam because they were getting bought up like crazy. And I still haven't bought one, like a dummy. Open mouth, insert foot, am I right? So when we got set up to record our conversation here for part three, um, I had to use my web or use my laptop which has the webcam on it, and it was it would have been a pain in the ass to unhook everything from my desktop to hook it in my hook it into my laptop. It would have been a headache. There've been cords everywhere, so I said, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna use the USB mic that I used when I first started the podcast. One of the first things I bought, uh, to, just to have a microphone, and that's what I used uh, to record the audio for that segment because the mic I have now isn't USB powered." Um, and yeah, it would have been a fucking headache to, to try to rearrange the studio here um, at home to, to, to do all that. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, you're thinking about starting uh, something where you need to record your voice, do yourself a favor, invest in something that's going to last you a long time like I kind of did here. Because if you don't, there's the difference between a $25 mic you can find on Amazon versus something that's three to four times that, which is what I'm speaking through now. So if you're going to invest, invest right. Lesson learned, let me tell you. Uh, but that is why, and I'm assuming next week, toilet paper tube is going to be back. But that's okay. The conversation went well. Really happy with it. So yeah, Pestilence with Testimony of the Ancients, Massacre with From Beyond, and Morgoth with Cursed. Three criminally underrated albums and three criminally underrated bands like so underrated that me i had never heard of morgoth until stephen o'brien introduced them to me and that is crazy because that album cursed front to back is fucking beautiful it is beautiful and i i i'm happy that i was able to discover it at 29 years old but on the same side of the coin i wish i would have discovered it 15 20 years ago you know um, <laughs> but all three albums are on Spotify. If you're a Spotify user, I'm assuming if they're on Spotify, they're on Apple Music. I don't own an Apple product, so I'm not sure. Because I've noticed from friends that have Apple Music versus friends that have Spotify, there's some albums that are on Apple Music that aren't on Spotify, and vice versa. So just do a quick search. Um, but if you are as unfamiliar with Pestilence, Massacre, or Morgoth as a band, period do your ears a favor and check them out, especially these albums. It's, yeah, Pestilence, I don't remember how I discovered them. I think it was a friend of a friend or through my peers in high school that may have discovered them. I don't remember how I discovered Pestilence, to be honest with you. There's so many memories in my brain, it's really hard to fucking 
find that needle in the haystack, if you will. Um, but yeah, Pestilence, one of the greatest death metal bands ever. They're still putting out music. Um, definitely check out Testimony of the Ancients, though. Massacre, I kind of said it a bit there in that conversation. Um, the album From Beyond, the album cover is what drew me to it. I don't remember how I saw that first. I, I, I honestly don't. I want to say it was something maybe on YouTube or Yahoo Music even. Because when I was really getting into music and discovering new bands, I was using Yahoo Music. Believe it or not, it's just crazy. <laughs> um, but with Yahoo Music, if it wasn't on Yahoo Music, it was on Headbangers Ball or the Music Choice channel. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Music Choice, it's the local cable provider. Um, like the high 900 numbered TV channels were just music channels. And it had every genre under the books, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Pop, rap, rock, metal, I mean, everything. Country, I mean, classical, everything. So if you were a fan of music, I guarantee you there was a channel back in the day that you could just tune into. And basically, you just, when you're cleaning the house or something, you would turn on music choice in your favorite genre, and then it would just play random songs from that genre. It's like a radio station with no commercials, and it was like Spotify before Spotify, if you will, but you couldn't choose what you were listening to. You pretty much had to listen to whatever the hell was playing. And that's what I did a lot as a kid. And when, when when we went to my friends' houses and stuff, they had a TV in their room or a TV in the living room, and we put on Music Choice and we just listened to music. And that's how I discovered a lot of bands was through that. So it might have been through Music Choice or Yahoo Music how I discovered Massacre. And then uh, the album cover, like I said, it's just demons getting sucked through a fucking space vortex. It's fucking insane. <laughs> And check it out if you haven't if you haven't had a moment. And then Morgoth, like I said, I really don't know anything about the band. I just discovered them a month ago, <laughs> so definitely do yourself a favor though, and 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 search them up on Spotify or YouTube or however you listen to your music. And 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 if you're been a fan or discovered a lot of music through these this mini series through this podcast, that's awesome. I'm glad we could bring that to you guys and gals, depending. Um. But yeah, definitely check those albums out. Give them a fucking good, good solid listen. It's some of the best music you will ever hear. Best death metal music you will ever hear. And once you realize that some of these songs, or actually all of these songs technically, are from 30 fucking years ago, and it could stand up with modern day death metal is a testament to just how awesome and how iconic and how ahead of the, ahead of its time these three albums that we talked about today were. And yeah, I'm super happy to be able to, to bring these albums to light. But before I go ranting and raving any further, just talking of music, let's get into some music where we support the underground. As always, the lifeblood of this podcast is is finding underground bands, showing their music, and uh, just doing good things for the underground. That's what this podcast is all about, what this podcast has always been about, and this miniseries is no different so first and foremost, this first band you're going to hear tonight on part three of Death Metal Diaries is called Dehuman Rain. They are from Berlin, Germany, and this is their track, Repay Your Debt in Blood. Enjoy.
I think the one thing I'm most grateful for when it comes to this miniseries is being able to have the opportunity to hunt these bands down and have them be a part of this. Or not really have them, but ask them if they wanted to be a part of this. And I haven't gotten a no yet, so that's a plus. <laughs> um, but just to be able to discover, to discover all of this fucking underground death metal is, again, just an absolute fucking treat. And, and I love it. I love it. That song you just heard was called Repay Your Debt in Blood by the band Dehuman Rain from Berlin, Germany. That track was taken from their album Descending Upon the Oblivious, which was released last November, November 13th of 2020, to be exact. You can find them on uh, all social media, Dehuman Rain. Check them out. Let me pull up some information here. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Bandcamp, dehumanrain.bandcamp.com. Um, if you are a physical collector like myself and you like CDs and you like what you hear from Dehuman Rain, they do have their jewel case version of the CD available on their Bandcamp page, dehumanrain.bandcamp.com. It is 13 euros. Not sure what the conversion rate is there. Probably 15, 16 bucks American. Add another 10 bucks for shipping. It's all going to go to support the underground and support Dehuman Rain, and by all means support the underground by any means you can, especially in today's day and age with the doubts in the minds of a lot of people. I know things are starting to brighten in some areas of the planet, which is awesome, um, but if you are in the market to support some underground artists and you want to do it from Bandcamp, do it any day of the week, but if you want 100% of your funds going directly to the artist of your choice, do it on a Friday. Bandcamp is still doing their free Fridays to where Bandcamp does not take any compensation for any purchases made on their platform. Naturally, if you are a band and you have things for sale through Bandcamp, Bandcamp does take a small percentage of it just for the courtesy of being the hosts for your content. Um, but on Fridays, they don't do that. And they're doing that by design because of the struggling music industry due to this fucking pandemic. So yeah, dehumanrain.bandcamp.com, Facebook, Instagram, give them a like, give them a follow, show them some love, tell them that straight to the core sent you. We got four more tracks, four more bands to show you this week on part three of Death Metal Diaries. This next band is called Deviant Burial from Miami, Florida, and this is their track, Posthumous Messiah Procreation. I think I said that right. We'll find out. Enjoy.
Fucking hell, that last 30 seconds, though. Mm. Mm. So good. So good. Deviant Burial bringing in a more brutal vibe to the death metal genre. And brutal death metal as a whole, just the genre as a whole, is definitely something that I would recommend checking out, especially if you're into more of the extreme side of music. Not just metal, but music. And you're, you're discovering metal or discovering death metal and want to get to something even more heavy and more out there. Definitely check out anything that falls under the brutal death metal category. You will not be disappointed. Some of the shit gets wild, though, so prepare yourself. <laughs> um, but Deviant Burial from Miami, Florida. That was the track, Posthumous Messiah Procreation, track two, off of their newest album, Descent to the Darkest Circle, which released everywhere March 5th of this year, so almost a month ago. Almost a month ago. Shout out to Deviant Burial. Check them out. On, I got their information pulled up. I mean, pull all my shit down. <laughs> oh my god. Facebook, Instagram, Bandcamp, deviantburial.bandcamp.com. Again, they got t-shirts for sale. Um, I don't see a physical edition of Descent to the Darkest Circle. They might have one. Hit them up. Send them a message that I didn't think to ask. Um, but yeah, check them out. They got shirts available. Long sleeves, short sleeves, white, black. Uh, the long sleeve is black. They have a white t-shirt design and a black t-shirt design. Oh, so yeah, check them out. Give them a like on Facebook. Give them a follow on Instagram. Show them some love on Bandcamp. And make sure you tell them straight to the course sent you. Three more bands for you tonight. Part three. This next band is called Masochist. They're from Southern California. And this is their track, Reverse Vision. Enjoy.
and that track starts and does not stop until the end. I love it. I love death metal. Fuck, I love death metal. <laughs> that was the band Masochist from Southern California with their track, track three to be exact, titled Reverse Vision, off of their album Chaos of World Possession. And the reissue was released on February 26th of this year, a few months ago. Actually, yeah, a few months ago. Uh, fucking A, Masochist. Great fucking album, Chaos of World Possession. Every every album that I've mentioned from the two bands that we played beforehand, The Human Reign and Deviant Burial, their albums are fantastic as a way... Uh, uh, bleh, bleh, bleh. Fucking word yourself right, Matt. Fuck. <laughs> um, their albums are fantastic as well. Every I mean, fuck, every band that we've featured so far, and we still got one more part to do, it, it blows my mind how humbled I am to be sitting in this chair right now putting this together. It's fucking fantastic. Uh, make sure you check Masochist out. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Bandcamp. And I believe they have their link tree available on all three if you're curious on any more links they may have uh, for Masochist. So Bandcamp, masochistdeath.bandcamp.com. They do have a physical version of their album. Chaos of World Possession available for $10. Like I said, if you can wait till Friday, wait till Friday. I mean, if you don't want to wait, by all means, buy it up. Physical collector like myself, do it up. Um, but if you want 100% of the proceeds to go towards the band, make your purchases on Friday. I'm really, really awesome that, that Bandcamp is doing is doing that on Fridays, that service for, for all these underground artists in any genre, really. I mean, music as a whole is, is fucking hitting it hard right now, trying to trying to do their thing and uh yeah fucking hey two more tracks to go this week on part two to rattle your eardrums this next band is called the carnosis from sweden and this is their track an illicit practice enjoy Oh, 
Holy fuck the footwork in that. I fucking love the footwork in that. That, oh my god, that, I got my, my own feet were tapping, trying to keep up, but it was, oh, it's so good. So I fucking love death metal, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> I fucking love it. I'm so happy to be sitting here to be able to do this. I fucking hell. Such, such great music out there that's just, just oh man, it's so good. <laughs> it's so, I'm just so happy to be here. I can't even brain good. <laughs> that band you just heard is called Carnosis from Sweden, and that was the track, an illicit practice track five on their album Dogma of the Deceased, which released everywhere March 13th of last year. Um, fucking A, dude. This, oh, man, Carnosis from Sweden. I mean, I feel like anything, any, some of the best metal just in general, especially in death metal, black metal, comes from Scandinavia, and it, it, it's fantastic. Just the level of, of influence comes from those countries in the Scandinavian peninsula. It, it's tremendous, and Carnosis fits right in with the greats that came out of Sweden, especially, and fucking hell. Fucking hell? Fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus. Um, as always, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Bandcamp, carnosis.bandcamp.com. That is C A R N O S U S.bandcamp.com. They do have CDs available. They have tapes available, long sleeves, t shirts. You can buy the album digitally. Um, Dogma of the Deceased. They do have other content available as well, as the other bands do too on their Bandcamp. If you end up becoming a fan of these bands, show them some love. Give them a like on Facebook. Give them a follow on uh, Instagram. Subscribe on YouTube, show them some love on Bandcamp, make sure you tell them that Straight to the Core sent you a lot of great death metal all around throughout this whole miniseries. Make sure you support every band that has been a part of this miniseries so far. we got five more to go next week, but before we can get to that, we got one more band to get to today on part three of Death Metal Diaries, and this is one of those bands that was a late bloomer where I ended up in the... Uh, request folder on Instagram. Thanks, Instagram. Shout out to Instagram for your great, great services there. <laughs> but this last band here tonight on part three is called Writhing from Melbourne, Australia. Some more Australian love here on uh, Straight to the Core. And this track you're about to hear is called Void of Derision. Enjoy. <laughs>
powerful vocals. Fucking insanely powerful vocals. The riffs are fantastic. I, I, I love it. And believe it or not, this track you just heard is off of a two-track EP, and this is the only material that this band has available right now. So needless to say, I am definitely excited for that full length coming up. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe a, this is more material, just regardless. Full length, new EP, either way. <laughs> that song you just heard was titled Void of Derision from the band Writhing from Melbourne, Australia. And that song was off of their two-track EP, Eternalized in Rot, which released everywhere July 4th, or July 24th, excuse me, of 2020. And that's all the music we have this week for part three of Death Metal Diaries. So shout out, as always, to Dehuman Rain from Germany, Deviant Burial from Miami, Florida, Masochist from Southern California, Carnosis from Sweden, and Writhing from Melbourne, Australia for being a part of part three. Make sure you check all of those bands out. Um, Writhing, before I get too far ahead of myself, you can find them uh, all over the place as well. Facebook, Instagram, Bandcamp, Writhing, writhingaus.bandcamp.com. Uh, show them some love, give them a like, give them a follow, but as always, make sure you give the four other bands I just mentioned besides Writhing some love on social media as well, and I'll say it before and I'll say it again, I'll say it every week. If for whatever reason you are having trouble finding the pages for these bands to show them that love, we at Straight to the Core always tag them in not only the announcement posts for the episodes, um, to promo the upcoming episodes, but we also tag every band in the announcement of the release of the episode. So if you're ever having issues, make sure you check out our Facebook page, our Instagram page, uh, Twitter, depending. Some bands do have Twitter. Um, we always tag them. So if you're having trouble, go to our pages, click on the tagged link, and then show them some love. Uh, but yeah, shout out to all those guys. Thank you again to Steve and Paul from Eons Abyss for being a part of part three of this mini-series and, and doing this whole thing and, and just all of it has just a, been a fucking pleasure. A pleasure all around. Next week will be no different. We have albums from Bolt Thrower, Carcass, and... Oh, I know the last one. Why am I having a blank right now? Entombed. God, I can't forget Entombed. But yeah, Carcass, Bolt Thrower, and Entombed. Not going to tell you the albums just yet. You have to stay tuned to our social media to figure out what albums from those three bands will be talked about on part four, and I don't want to say the last part, because I've been in talks with the guys from Eons Abyss. We might do more of these down the road. I don't know if we're going to continue the Death Metal Diaries miniseries, or we might delve into uh, some other genres. We're, we're not sure. We're not sure. We're, we're, we're going to think about it. Uh, more information on that next week for part four. Um, but yeah, I think that'll about do it. A bit short of an episode this week, being that I was a part of the conversation on uh, the meteor section of this mini-series, of the, the Death Metal Diaries segment, if you will. Um, so yeah, this episode technically releases on Easter. So if you celebrate Easter, if you're with your family, if you're with your friends, if, if that's a holiday for you, make sure you guys have, I hope you guys have a great Easter. Um, I know I'm going to eat some bomb food and spend some time with my fiance and her family. Uh, so hopefully all you guys do the same, make Sunday the best Sunday you can. It's supposed to be nice out for us here in Illinois. It's supposed to be like in the 70s, and that's the first time since like October. It's going to be that nice out. So yeah, everybody enjoy your week. I think I'm going to end it here for part three of Death Metal Diaries. My name is Matt Massacre. Stay safe out there, everybody. 
I love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in every week to this mini series and hopefully into the future. If you're new here, welcome. Hopefully you're hopefully you're enjoying your stay. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I'm really bad with goodbyes. I don't know if you realize that or not. But either way, again, my name is Mad Massacre. Love you guys. Stay safe out there. Have a great Easter. Have a great time with your family. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the weather. I will talk to you all next week for part four of Death Metal Diaries, a 90s death metal retrospective. I'll talk to you then. Have a good night.